Do you ever just feel lonely, burnt out, frustrated, and don't understand why? Are there some challenges in your life you just wish you knew how to bounce back from? Do you sometimes find yourself wondering or maybe daydreaming what your purpose looks like beyond being a military spouse? Military life is tough. It takes a special kind of person to walk this life with deployments, TDYs, separations, and oh, don't forget the hurry up and wait moments too. It can be a lonely road to walk with sleepless nights and constant worry. And if you have kids, it's even harder on them too. Wouldn't it be amazing to be able to find a way to bounce back when life seems to be so stormy? How can we weather the storm when we are constantly being hit with what seems to be a hurricane? Well, my friend, we can do it together. In this podcast, you will find practical resources and solutions to guide you to bounce back when stress, burnt out, and frustration becomes overwhelming in everyday life challenges. My mission is to equip you to be the resilient warrior that you already have in you through resilient training, boundary setting, finding your purpose outside of being a military spouse, and healing past hurt through exercising mindfulness to truly step into the role you were meant to hold in life so you can live a happy, joyful, and fulfilled life. If you are ready to bounce back from your everyday life challenges and heal your past hurts while building boundaries and to pursue your true purpose outside of being a military spouse, then you're in the right right place, my friend. Hi, I'm Crystal, a mom of three boys. I have been a military spouse for over 16 years now. When I think about being strong, it doesn't quite tell a glorious story. Because if I told you all that I've been through, you would probably ask me, how in the hell did you survive that? Honestly, there were days I didn't even know if I could survive. All I knew is that if there were a glimmer of hope, it was there for me. See, resilience isn't something you're born with. It's something you teach yourself. After years of self-loathing, hurt, emotional pain, grief of loss after loss, waves of despair and heartache, it took courage and strength to stand back up just to get knocked back down again. You see, the funny thing about life is, when you get knocked down so many times, you develop this immunity to news when you hear your loved one passes away, or when you hear the words, cancer. But resiliency isn't about immunity, because no one's immune to everyday life's challenges. It's in how we face those challenges that allows us to withstand the storm. Even with all the storms I endured over the years of being a military spouse, I have always found a way to anchor myself through God's word and plan for me, as he has a purpose for me, but also through the healing of my past hurt by understanding where it comes from and dealing with it with God so that I can be the resilient warrior that he has called me to be. My hope is that I can share this with you, my friend, and you too can find your inner resilient warrior by walking with you through this wonderful healing journey. So if you are finally ready to work on your and learn how to bounce back when life gets tough and you are ready to work on healing yourself, then let's get to work, my friend, because boy, do we have a lot of work to do. So go ahead. 
grab a cup of coffee, and let's see what, how God is going to bless you in all of this. Hey y'all, welcome to the Spouse Strong Podcast. So glad you're here with us. I want to first apologize for not uploading this podcast last week. Um, it's just been a whirlwind. And so this is my late podcast recording. I was supposed to post it yesterday on Monday, but today I'm having to record it. So let's go ahead and dig in deep. So today we're going to be talking about chapter three in our book, Robert FD's, um, The Resilient Warriors, um, and talking about bitter or better. And so I, this chapter, this chapter is really, really long. And as I was flipping through it, he tells a lot of stories in here. And, um, he talks about adversity and how, um, how like bitterness and how bitterness, um, can literally cause us to hold on to things for a very long time in our lives. Um, so, um, we're just going to go ahead and jump right into it. Um, and I like how he starts off in the book because this is my little snapshot of the book, right? Um, of these chapters. And, um, if you want to go ahead and purchase your book, you can go ahead and purchase it on Amazon. I will go ahead and put that in the descriptions for you guys. Um, so you can go ahead and purchase this. I do not get any money or affiliates for that. So. Um, you can just go ahead and purchase yours if you want. Um, so he, I like how he kind of starts off with a question and he asks, like, how will we respond to curveballs of our life? Do we get better or do we get bitter or do we get better? And I think this question goes with a lot of things in life, right? When things start to come our way and when things don't go our way, right? Do we become bitter or do we become better? And I think sometimes it can be hard because we are, you know, we want to just be able to do the things that we want to do, right? So he talks about this, this, um, I think it's this, uh, I think it's, um, this linebacker or this football, um, the football coach tells him to sit out this one. And, um, he's like, well, I'm the captain of the team. Like, I don't understand why you're making me sit out or whatnot. And so I think he, um, his pride kind of got in the way. Um, so he talks about, you know, my pride and unwillingness to grasp the reality of my wanting football career caused me to blame the coach who became the object of my resentment and focus of my bitterness. So when things don't go our way and let's, you know, for his example, for, you know, coach put another guy in because he wanted to give the other guy an opportunity to play. Um, we tend to not allow ourselves to allow other people to shine. And so we become bitter. We become very, very bitter. Um, and then we become resentful and then we focus our bitterness on the people around us and we blame the people 
around us. Um, and he says, he goes on to say, the bitterness borderline um, bordered on phobia lasting for several years, causing me to literally shut down and often dysfunction. Um, and he talks about like a football coach coming to um, watch him play basketball games. Um, and then he talks about, um, he says upon the simple, I'm just going to read it. Um, upon the simple appearance of the coach, my anger, resentment, and bitterness boiled over. I had to leave the game. For me, this became a life lesson, a teachable moment where I personally realized how destructive bitterness can become in a person's life, in this case, in my life. So he talks about a personal, a personal effect of bitterness in his life. And, you know, especially at a young age, you know, it's a hard lesson to learn. Because as kids, we don't, like, as far as myself, like, growing up, I had a hard time with bitterness. Um, when I didn't get my way, it was hard. So um, I would just blame everybody around me. Sometimes I still kind of do that. Like, sometimes I'll still do that. Sometimes if I, if things don't go the way that I want them to, I'll start, like, trying to find other people to blame. Or um, I start to become bitter or resent. I start to feel resentful against those people. And so I had to learn over the years that, you know, it's very destructive to be bitter, um, in my personal life. And so when I feel myself starting to feel resentful and I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to feel this way, you know, like, I don't want to feel this way. Um, I kind of go back to a place of reminding myself that, you know, feeling that way can boil over to how I treat people. You know what I mean? Like, um, for example, so like he goes on and he talks about, you know, talks about spiritually mentoring being spiritually mentoring by others. Um, he eventually was able to kind of mature himself into looking back on the experience. Um, and it was a life lesson for him and it was very priceless for him. Um, so like at an early age, he talks about how God seared the fertility of futile fertility. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, futile, uh, bitterness into his psyche. Um, like, he says, like, he didn't know, like, the value of his lesson um, when he was playing on the field. He didn't realize that that lesson was going to be something that he was going to be able to use later on in life. Um, so the value of that lesson, um, he realizes that, you know, and I like how he says it's like, I'm just going to read it because it's, it's like really interesting. And that's, this is why this chap, this, this chapter, this chapter alone is going to be a two part series because it's a really long, long chapter, but I like how he says this. So he says, regardless of age, something doesn't go away or go our way. And we think we have to find a scapegoat, a reason and an excuse. Nothing limits the dynamic 
to the young, right? Uh, many and many an adult carries their story of would have, could have, should have to their grave. Dying as a bitter and angry person. Yet there's an alternative. Instead of growing bitter, we can grow better. And I like how he says it in that way. So, like, I like when I don't get my way. I, I can, I can take it out on people. You know what I mean? Like when you don't get your way, you take it out on people. And so when I read this, I was like, wow, you know, there are people out there that die bitter. There are people out there that they literally hold on to a grudge to the rest of, to their grave. To be honest, they, they hold a grudge against somebody to their grave. And I was like, when I read this, again, for the second time, because I've read this book before, it made me realize that I can't hold grudges against people. And I can't be bitter because someone else is doing better than me or, you know, um, someone kept me from doing something. I only keep myself from doing something, right? Like no one keeps me from doing anything. I can make decisions on my own because I'm an adult, right? Um, however, when things don't go my way, I can learn to not be better, bitter. I can learn to be better by learning from that situation and learning and growing in that situation and not being resentful towards people who are in that situation. So, I think this is a lesson in itself for me. Uh, you know, it might be a lesson in your in for you too, but it's a lesson in for me too, because I know for myself that when I don't get my way, I take it out on people, and I've actually had to learn not to do that. Um, and it's hard. Like I'm telling you, it is not easy. It's not easy to not take it out on people because, I mean, think about it. Like if, let, for example, I guess I can give like an example and he gives a lot of examples in, in this book, in this book about this. Um, and I'm not going to really go into like a huge, like example thing here, but um, I kind of want to go into post-traumatic growth. But um, for example, I want to give you an example, like in my life as to when I, you know, especially like being a military spouse, when things don't go my way, because there's a lot of times, a lot of times, right? As a military spouse, things don't go my way. Um, and I can become bitter. Yes. Yes. I, I agree. I can become very bitter. And sometimes I can take it out on my own spouse, right? Like I can take it out on my husband and, you know, that's not fair to him. So yeah, like there are times where I feel bitter because he has to go and do something which is not fair, right? That's not fair. And I have to be alone or I have to be, you know, doing everything by myself. And so I become resentful right? And I become bitter. But instead of becoming bitter, I have to learn to be better at not being bitter, right? And that's kind of hard because 
in the moment, you want to be upset, right? You want to be upset and you want people, people to acknowledge that you're upset. And it's okay to have that acknowledgement that you're upset. And I think that sometimes we're upset because we're not getting our way or things are just not going our way. Or maybe things, you know, things are complicated or there's issues that need to be addressed that aren't being addressed. Or, I mean, there's a ton of things and ton of reasons why, you know, we could become bitter. There's a reasons why we become resentful. So if we're talking about post-traumatic growth, which is PTG, and so probably asking like, well, how do I not be bitter or resentful or take it out on anybody else? Or so I want to talk about, and this is post-traumatic growth. And um, so the concept of getting better and not bitter really lies in this term. Okay. Um, and so what is post-traumatic growth? So in, um, on the website that he posts on in his book, um, the psychological, um, term post-traumatic growth means, and this is what post-traumatic growth means is that it is a positive change experience as a result of struggle with a major life crisis or traumatic event. Um, although we coined the term post-traumatic growth, the idea that human beings can be changed by the encounters with life challenges sometimes in radical positive ways, it's not new. Um, so the theme is kind of present in, in like spiritual, ancient spiritual and religious traditions. Um, and it says here that, um, it's reason, it's reasonably new and systematic study of phenomenon by psychologists, social workers, um, social, uh, counselors and scholars and traditionals of clinical practice and scientific investigation. So it's, you know, it is new systematic study, you know, they're studying in it more. There seems to be more studies on it and how to help people, um, how to help them cultivate the post-traumatic growth. So what, um, he all, um, what are some forms of, uh, post-traumatic growth take? Um, so there's some five general, he talks about five general areas here and I kind of want to go over them because I think they're, they're very, very, very important. Um, so he talks about five uh, so uh, they, there are five general areas. So um, and I know I keep saying, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sometimes people who fa must face major life crisis develop a sense that, a, the, that new opportunities have emerged from struggle, opening up possibilities that are not present before. A second area is a change in relationship with others, right? Um, some people experience closer relationships with specific people, and they can also experience increased sense of connection to others who suffer. A third area of possible change is an increased sense of one's own strength. If I live through that, I can face anything. 
A fourth aspect of post-traumatic growth experienced by someone or by some people is a greater appreciation for life in general. The fifth area involves the spiritual or religious domain. Some individual experience deepen of their spiritual lives. However, this deepen can also involve significant change in our one's belief system. So, one, so what I take out of this is the one, number one would be a new opportunity. Number two would be a change in relationship. Number three would be um, understanding our own strengths and like our increased strength are, you know, I've lived through that. I can get through anything pretty much. You know, a fourth aspect would be, you know, having a greater appreciation for life. You know, um, for example, I've lost a lot of people in my life. Like, I, you know, I don't know if you don't know my story, go back to my, um, my story and I will let you know my story. Like, so, and I'll, I'll kind of give you a little synopsis of what my story is. Um, so I have actually lost one person per year and it happened again this year, unfortunately. Um, but, and it's probably going to happen again because that's just part of life. Right. So I've lost one person per year since 2017. And I feel like I'm just in this season of losing the people that I love. And so, um, the saying, I live through that, I can face it again. I feel like sometimes when death comes at my door, I feel like I can still face it. I can face it head on. Um, you know, when I lost my father-in-law last year, that was hard. That really sucked. I, you know, I, I don't, sometimes I don't know how to deal with it. Um, and I don't know how to help my husband deal with it sometimes. Because there's times, you know, there are times when you sit there and you think about it, right? Um, and there's times when he will sit there and think about it. And all I can do is be there for him. And at times that's really, really hard. So for me, I know that my strength, my sense of strength, my own strength can get me through another blow. You know, like if if I lost someone else tomorrow, I could probably deal with it. And maybe I won't deal with it in a way that, you know, yeah, it might seem like, oh, well, well, that just sounds really like not like you're just numb to it or you're just desensitized to it or whatever. That's not healthy. It may not be healthy to deal with it in that way. However, I grieve, right? I grieve in my own way and I can get through it. I can face it. Um, there's a difference. Like I can face it because I know that that's a part of life. And I know that life, there is death and then death that I can learn to appreciate life. You see what I'm saying? Like, and I think that that is part of, part of the post-traumatic growth is knowing that I can have more appreciation for life and spend the time here on earth with the people that I love, right? The people that I love and to hold on to that, to hold on to that and to spend the time with them and to love them and to show them that I love them and to just be there for them 
And so I think it also deepens up my spiritual side of my beliefs. And it truly helps me understand that life, there is death, but also there's appreciation for death. I don't like, and that's probably hard for a lot of people to concept conceptualize because they're kind of like, well, that like, that's just like a weird way of thinking about it. And it is a weird way of thinking about it, you know, having appreciation for death. Cause I think that we have appreciation for life, but we don't seem to, un- we don't seem to have appreciation for death. And I don't think sometimes we realize that to have life, we have to, we have to have death, I guess. Like, I mean, I don't know. Um, so it's, for me, it's just appreciation for more life. It's appreciation of being alive and it's appreciation of being on this earth to be able to help those who are in need and to just love on them. And I think that I know it's a weird way of looking at it and it's a weird way of really, you know, I don't know. It's just a weird way of looking at it. And instead of becoming bitter in my life, like I've, I've tried to do better and sometimes it's harder than most days. And, you know, with post-traumatic growth, that's, these are the, these are the con, these are like the areas in your life that you kind of figure out, you know, and you grow and you deepen your, your relationships with people, you know, you deepen your, your understanding of life altogether, you know, and that's what PTG is. Like it's understanding that the things that I face today are going to be hard. Yes. You know, um, I know, you know, it's not going to be easy. Never said it was going to be easy. It's going to be hard. You know, we talked about tribulations in the last chapters in the first chapter, right? We talked about tribulations. We talked about trials and tribulation, tribulation, sorry, tribulation. We talked about that, you know, like we talked about how, you know, we're going to go through things like that. We're going to go through hard times. And, you know, that's the thing with post-traumatic growth. We learn from each situation that we go through. And I think that's important to um, really hone in on that. Um, I like how um, the UNC provides some clarification on this um, because I think it's important that we clarify some things, right? Um, so, I'm going to read some of their excerpts out of here. Most of us, when we face a very difficult losses or great suffering, we'll have a variety of high distressing psychological reaction, right? We all do. Just because individuals experience growth does not mean that they will not suffer. Distress is typically when we face traumatic events. It's okay to be distressed when you lose somebody. You know, it's okay to, you know, feel that loss and grieve doesn't mean that you're not growing doesn't mean that you're still like it doesn't mean any doesn't mean that you're not you're not you're not strong or anything like that you know um i have it says here we most definitely are not implying that traumatic events are good they're not 
But for many of us, life crises are inevitable, and we are not given the choice between suffering and growth on the one hand, and no suffering and no change on the other. Um, let me repeat that, sorry. But for many of us, life crises are inevitable, right? And we are not given the choice between suffering and growth on the one hand and no suffering and no change on the other. So there's no, we're not, I'm not saying that, you know, your trauma or your traumatic events is, is a good thing, right? I'm not saying it's because it's not, you know, to be honest, it's not, it's not a good thing. What you're going through is horrible. You might be going through something so horrible right now. And it's not, you know, it's not a good thing. And, you know, we, we're given a choice, you know, we're not always given a choice between suffering and growth, you know, and if we didn't have any suffering, then we wouldn't be able to change. We can't change without suffering. Um, I hate to say it like that, but if we didn't have any suffering, then we couldn't, we can't change as people. Suffering changes us. It's going to change us in two ways. It's going to change us in a good way. It's going to change us in a bad way. So we can change for the bitterness or we can change for the betterness. And I think that that's what post-traumatic growth is about, is understanding that we have a choice. When we're in our suffering, are we going to use our suffering to better ourselves? Or are we going to use our suffering to be better? And be bitter towards other people and be angry towards other people? Or can we use our suffering to better ourselves and to help other people better themselves too? You know, um, the saying goes, misery loves company. And I really do believe that when someone is miserable in their own suffering, they tend to bring other people into their suffering. And it's because they want validation. They want to be validated that they're suffering. It's okay to feel validation. It's okay to have that validation of suffering. What's not okay is to be stuck in that suffering, to be stuck in that, wanting that validation over and over and over again and being bitter about it. Um, and so they also say here that post-traumatic growth is not universal. It's not uncommon, but neither does everybody who faces a traumatic event grow, experience growth. Not everybody experiences growth. It's not universal. Not everybody is going to experience the growth when they're suffering. Who does? I'm going to be honest with you. If you're in the middle of suffering and you're, you're dealing with some crap, who's going to want to freaking say, oh, I'm done. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on. No one's going to want to do that. You're not going to want to do that in the middle of suffering and in the middle of your crap. You're not going to want to do that. It's not universal. You know, post-traumatic growth is not universal. It's not, no one's going to like, not everybody's going to be like, oh yeah, let me just, you know, I lived through that. I can get through anything, you know, like not everybody's going to be like that. Not everybody's going to, you know, deal with suffering in the way that you deal with suffering. Um, 
And I think that that's what I want to point out here is the fact that post-traumatic growth is not universal. It's not, you know, not, it's not that everybody does grow from their, their suffering. Some people just stay in their suffering, which is hard because, you know, when someone stays in their suffering, they just stay bitter. And it's really hard for them to get out of their suffering. Um, so how do we, how do we get them? How do we, we, as people, we can't do a lot. You know, we feel like we can't do a lot, right? Um, I often say like, I can only control what I can say and do and react to. And it's true. I can only say and do what I can react to. And um, I can give hope to people and I can say, hey, you know what? You have better days ahead of you. And I can say all the positive things in the world. However, it's ultimately up to that person to make it better for themselves. And, um, and I think that sometimes, um, sometimes we face things and we don't realize that, um, we don't realize how real strong, really strong we are. And so I like how he says here that our hope is that you never face a major loss or crisis, but most of us eventually do. And perhaps you may also experience an encounter with post-traumatic growth. And I think that with post-traumatic growth, with these values and these, or these areas of, you know, I think that if you, if you really truly hone in on the fact that, you know, changing relationships, like it does change relationships. You know, you increase your sense of strength. You know, you have more of a greater appreciation for life and you deepen your spiritual, you know, live life. Like, um, you also might even change what you believe and times, right? Um, so it may come down to, you might be in a suffering situation and, you can use post-traumatic growth to help you kind of, you know, navigate that. Um, okay. So, and we're going to go over in the next, in the next episode, because I'm going to stop there for a minute. We're going to go over the next episode of, um, I'm going to talk about, you kind of like, gives an example of like how post-traumatic growth looks like in action. Um, and then we're going to kind of go over um, hope or bitterness and how we can have hope or how, like, how can we have hope over bitterness? And I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to give you five things that you can do today to um, help you with post-traumatic growth and how you can use it to help you through whatever you're going through today. So I think that's it for today. Um, part two will be up soon. And so, yeah, that is it, my friends. All right. If you are um, wanting a community of other military spouses and you're looking for a place for accountability, a place just to hang out, um, and you're looking just to find resources and stuff, you can join our Facebook group called Balancing Back Spouse Strong. Um, that's our Facebook community group, and I'm going to be posting informational um, 
flyer, uh, little informational stuff in there, but there's also other things in there too, some freebies and stuff. So go ahead and head over there and grab yourself those freebies. Also, I just want to thank you for those who have been putting reviews on my podcast. I appreciate you guys. You guys are the reason why my podcast has been shown. So I do appreciate you guys so much. Um, until next time, guys, I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Hey friends, thank you so much for joining me and being here and just hanging out with me today and listening. I hope today's episode inspired, empowered, and equipped you today in some way. If it did, could you do me a favor? Can you head over to the Apple Podcast and write me a review? It would be so helpful for other military spouses to see this podcast and to be able to hear it so that they might truly need it. Thank you so much for doing that. And thank you for those who have written a review and truly means the world to me. Because of you, others are able to make their lives better and we're all able to change the world. Also, if you're looking for a connection, a place to hang out, you should join our Facebook community called group called Bouncing Back Spouse Strong, where you can find a great supportive community of military spouses who are also learning how to bounce back together with mentorship in, in our Facebook group. Also, we have lots and lots of freebies. Yes, freebies that is, and training goodies in there that will help you along your resilient building journey. If you also have a topic or a question you would like to share with me, you can email me at spousestrongmama at gmail.com. This was so great today and I really hope it blessed you in some way. So until next time, y'all. Bye.